Welcome to Lease FM. Today I'm joined by Chris Witaski, actor, comedian, Second City alum, and Chicago Cubs fan, so he's good in my books. Hey, Chris, thanks so much for coming on the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me. So you did a like a everybody's dream, every Cubs fan's dream. You threw out the opening pitch last week. How was it? Oh, my God. It was, hands down, coolest experience of my life, and it was also surreal. Yeah, and, and then it was like a seven-hour game. Was it that one? It was like five rain delays, oh. and <laughs> <laughs> I brought a bunch of um, family and friends and buddies from college, and after the second rain delay, like 10 of them left thinking no. that the game wouldn't go on. But then the game, of course, you know, came back, and it was like a seven-hour experience, um, but it was great. Did you get to meet any of the players or – um, I met um, the guy who caught the pitch, cool. Edwards, and then they, I kind of was like milling around the players, but I didn't want to like bother them, you know? Fangirl, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's, that would be, you kind of have to like keep your cool, but then it's also like, holy shit, am I really doing this right now? I could just see myself like, excuse me, Anthony Rizzo? <laughs> Mr. Rizzo? Oh my God. Okay, low key. Have you ever been to Howl, Howl at the Moon, like the piano bar? Oh on my God, yeah. Okay, my brother and I were there last year and we were standing in line like peasants. Um, and then all of a sudden there's like this guy across the street, like talking to a bunch of like taxis who's wearing like this blue checkered shirt. And my brother goes, that's Rizzo. And I was like, that's not fucking Rizzo. You wouldn't be like talking to, you know, taxis like arranging. And uh, and he's like, no, no, that's Rizzo. I'd recognize that forehead anywhere. And <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Turns out that guy went into the club. We got up. The bouncer was like, yes, that's Rizzo. And so the rest of the night was like, where's Rizzo? <laughs> Just like every blue checkered shirt was like, is that him? No. <laughs> oh, no, you blew it. You I, know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Um, but anyways. I'm actually watching. I have the game on right now. Uh, oh, what's the score? I the the shitty thing about living in LA is I don't get every game. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't have cable, so that's that's my excuse, which is like super annoying. Um, let's see, what is the score? One three, a Giants. Oh wait, it's already over. I was just that was a highlight. Damn. Oh no, we lost. Yeah. Ugh, damn. Okay, well, back to it. Um, so. <laughs> You, I, I was reading up on some of your interviews with like Daily Herald um, and all the local newspapers, which is pretty fun. Oh, I've done them all. Oh, yeah. Awesome. As you should. Um, and I noticed, obviously, instantly Second City. Um, tell me about that. Where where did that come from? Um, when did you start taking classes? What was your first class? Why, why Second City? So I... Um... I saw my first show at Second City when I was like 13, and my dad took me, and um, I was just like blown away by the show and also by like all the, the photos that were hanging on the wall of like my, you know, heroes like Bill Murray and John Belushi, and I, I grew up watching, you know, SNL and um, Ghostbusters and Animal House and all that kind of stuff. My dad was like, my dad's a big comedy fan, so he kind of like raised me on all that stuff. And so when I when I went to Second City and realized that like all these guys started there and it I grew up in the burbs so it was like you know 45 minutes from my house so mm -hmm. it was like oh my god this is what I want to do and so I signed up for classes like the next day and started taking like their team classes and then um, and then that's how it started. Yeah, awesome. I mean, and and that's 
it's such a great place to be. I'm actually taking Second City classes right now. Um, and, oh, that's great. Yeah, so I'm taking uh, intro to TV and film writing. Um, well, I took the first class, and I'm on the second class. And then they're, they're starting this web series writing and producing class um, in the fall. So it's been really, I mean, yeah, it's kind of intimidating to, like, sit in that little writer's room and that, uh, and like looking at the wall, there's like this whole, you know, mural of all these different places people have gone and shows people have worked on. I'm like, ah, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> but yeah, just walking through those halls, it's just like the best energy um, that you could be surrounded by. And oh, it's so cool. It's like the Harvard of comedy. Exactly. Totally. So so what was your experience there and how, how long did you stay around? How far did you get? You know, what... And did it? Did you want to stay there forever, or was it more of like a "this is my training"? Uh, yeah, so I took all the team classes, and then um, I knew that like that's what I wanted to do. But I also wanted to go to college, so I then went to um, the University of Iowa and studied theater, and also like started my own improv group there, and um, and performed in different improv groups and stuff. And then right when I graduated, I moved right back to Chicago and continued um, classes at Second City and at I.O. and at um, The Annoyance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, and then it just kind of like I got really just immersed into the improv community and um, and then kind of worked my way up and got hired to do a cruise ship and did that. Really? Which, How was that? Yeah, just, oh, my God. It was like I was like 25 years old. So it was like awesome. Like you don't have to pay for anything. Oh God, and you perform dangerous. two shows a week, and then <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the time is like, like falling asleep in hot tubs and like partying. <laughs> Classic. That's amazing. But yeah, that was a fun experience for sure. Um, um, yeah. So, so then, when did you decide to move to LA? Like, was that always kind of on your radar? Did you always know that you wanted to do the do the Hollywood thing, or? Did that just kind of present itself? It kind of, you know, I, I kind of didn't know what my plan was after Second City. My um, my ultimate goal was SNL, which I auditioned for a bunch of times and ended up not getting. Hmm. And so after that, and after kind of like making, you know, like getting to the kind of the top of the mountain in Chicago with um, Second City, I you know, kind of then came to a a crossroads where I was like, well, I can stay in Chicago and, you know, like teach improv and audition for commercials and stuff and um, kind of just stay in the improv community. Or I can make the jump um, either east or west and try my hand, um, you know, in the kind of bigger markets. And what what then happened was I got signed by an agent and a manager uh, while I was still in Chicago, and they were both based in L.A., so they kind of convinced me to move to L.A. And wh- how was it just, like, getting there? And did you know people? Like, what was your first apartment situation? Because I'm thinking about moving to L.A. sometime, and it's so daunting because I'm, like, you know, such a Midwestern girl, I guess. I mean, I don't consider myself, like, super Midwestern, but I guess... Just, I hear that it's colder out there. Well, not temperature-wise, but, you know. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, um, well, getting here, I just flew on a plane, which yeah. is pretty easy. I mean, like... <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, like, hitchhike or take a horseback or anything, okay? Nailed it. Uh, no, it is, I mean, it's, it's 
such a different city than Chicago. Like Chicago is so great. I, you know, I was just back there for a week and it, I re- it really reminded me like, Oh my God, Chicago is just the best. Like you can kind of like walk everywhere and there's beautiful architecture everywhere. And the streets are like, you know, jumping with people and there's just like an energy. Yeah. Um, and LA is like this like sprawling, like spread out, uh, kind of like this, suburb that keeps going with these giant highways, you know, kind of crisscrossing all over the place. And it's definitely like when you first move here, it's like, what the hell is this place? It's like culture shock. Yeah, totally. Um, But now I've lived out here for like, I think it's been close to four years and now I love it and I'm like totally used to it. And I'm kind of like in my groove and I found my neighborhood that I love and, um, so it definitely takes getting used to, but um, but now now I'm like so glad that I did, and really feel like this is my new home for sure. Yeah, and I mean, if you would have stayed in Chicago, you'd probably still be doing Second City stuff. You'd probably be teaching my film and TV writing class. <laughs> oh, for sure, and I'd probably still be uh, closing down the Old Town Ale House. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yes, as you do. Um, as four in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm familiar. So, okay, so L.A., you get there fresh-faced, excited. What was your first acting gig out there or comedy gig? Um, yeah, so let, let me try and remember. So fresh-faced, it's a lot of auditioning. So if, you, you know, if you're lucky enough to get an agent and a manager, they, like, send you out on a ton of, like, auditions and, like, general meetings and stuff. And it, it really is kind of like there's a new kid in town, so everybody meet him and, you know, um, everybody see you know what he can do or whatever but oh man i was so bad at auditioning when i first came out why <laughs> like, well, what was different about it it's just like it's very daunting and it's very like you, you know they send you these like scripts and these sides and like i didn't know if i was supposed to memorize them and i didn't know like if i was supposed to like you know, make a big choice or have fun with it or just like stick like really close to the words. And like, it's, it's kind of one of those things where like the only way you learn is by getting thrown in. For sure. And, and so I think that like, that's kind of one of the things about LA that a lot of people don't realize is like the first couple of years, you're just really like trying to like figure out like what the hell to do. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've heard that. And that's terrifying to me, but it seems like it's paid off for you, so hell yeah, congrats. Um, Thank you, yeah. Well, that's the other thing, though. And then, like, the thing that I think I've learned about about L.A. is that stuff does happen. It just happens slower than you want it to. Right. It's not like a... Well, I mean, even in La La Land, it took a while for both of them. Right, exactly. Like, I think, I think some people think they're going to come to town and, like, everybody's going to be like, holy shit, there's a, you know... Yeah, be in our movie. Town. We got to... <laughs> we got to put them in all the movies and stuff. And it just doesn't, I mean, I'm sure it has happened for people, but in my experience, that's not how it happened. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. So what came first, new girl or love? Uh, new, I was on new girl. Um, that was one of my first things that I booked. Uh Um, and, but that was just a small part. Like I was just in one episode. Yeah. Um, but it was like, I was on a date with, uh, Zoe Deschanel, which was cool. Damn. How were you nervous? I was nervous. Yes. Yeah. I was very nervous, but I remember that experience, like, they, like, the main cast, they were so just, like, kind of, like, over it and, like, 
you know, didn't really like know their lines. And it was just very like, for them, it's like this thing they've been doing now for years. And so I think to see like how relaxed they were was kind of an, a learning experience for me. Like, Oh yeah, this isn't like this like really scary thing where everybody's like, you know, yeah. <laughs> up your ass. It's right. very like relaxed and like, yeah, for sure. Um, so that was cool. And then I, what else did I book? I booked, um, the show The Comeback on HBO. I had a small part on there. Cool. Um, then I did some bits on uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live, which was cool. Oh, how was that? That was really cool, actually. Like, uh, I, <laughs> I played a life-size, uh, a human, a life-size greeting card. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I played, um, what else? But that was really fun. Like, Jimmy Kimmel's really cool, and you get to, like, hang out at the theater and, um and like spend the day there, like behind the scenes and um, you get your dressing room and stuff. So it's fun. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then, well, we'll talk, we'll talk love a little later on. Cause I want to string together some of your influences. So let's, let's go number one. What, what's your like earliest comedy influence or acting or, you know, performance influence? Would you say? Um, and so this is, and so I'm naming uh, like another actor or someone who. Yeah. Really actors or like shows or experiences that you had. I mean, even Second City, you know, could be is probably a huge one. Um, but yeah, it kind of whatever you would say influences how you approach uh, so, acting. So or... As far as as far as shows, I think I might go The Simpsons. Okay, let's talk about so, it. When did you first like, watch The Simpsons? <laughs> so I think I first watched The Simpsons when it first came on. And with my, and I remember my dad loved it, and so we would like watch it as a family. And I remember just right away being like, "Oh my god, this is great!" And it was so different than anything that was on, and it was so like just packed full of jokes, and the characters were so great, and the family really kind of reminded me of like of my family with like I was kind of like Bart, and my sister was kind of like Lisa. And, <laughs> I just remember being it being so funny, and um, and then I watched it. You know, I mean, I, I don't really watch it anymore, but I watched it for years, yeah. and I think like that really shaped kind of my sensibility of like just silly stuff. Totally, like silly stuff and timing and reoccurring jokes and all that. Yeah, I mean, it's all there on The Simpsons. What's your favorite episode? Do you know? Can you pick well, one? Well, just just recently, actually, there's. Um, I think it's FX has every Simpsons episode ever. Oh my God. <laughs> That's insane. And so you can like go through and find like old episodes. Yeah. And, um, Oh God, what did I just watch recently? There's one where, um, a casino comes to Springfield. Yes. Yeah. And Marge, Marge gets addicted to gambling. Right. <laughs> oh my God. It's so good. So I rewatched that recently. Then one was, uh, Mr. Plow, where Homer gets a plow truck. Okay. And is like plowing the streets of Springfield. But then Barney gets uh, his own plow thing called um, the Plow King. <laughs> then have this rivalry. Oh, God. oh it's all funny. It's, yeah. yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> do, do you think that that, like, so you started watching that as a little kid and did it like affect did you like start writing your own little like kind of Simpsons episodes or did you base jokes off of off of it? Or was it more so kind of just like the the energy of the show that stuck with you? Uh, well, so, yeah, I was like obsessed with like jokes and telling jokes. Um, 
when I was young. And so I think like just the sensibility really kind of like seeped its way into my brain. And, um, and yeah, I think like I would, I remember I would like quote the Simpsons to my friends all the time. And like, I would tape it on VHS and go back and like rewatch episodes like hundreds of times. Classic. And then God forbid mom or dad tape over your, your VHS. Oh my God. Right. (laughs) Gauntlet thrown. Um, so cool. Yeah. I love that, man. I'm trying to think of my favorite. Um, there's one episode where Lisa needs braces and (laughs) Lisa needs braces. Daniel plan. My brother and his friends would always just fucking tell me that all over and over. Daniel plan. Daniel plan. (laughs) Um, it's so good. Okay. So, okay. Moving along then, um, from the Simpsons where, well, well, let's talk about your jokes as a kid. Did did you have like one, you know, really like knee slapper that you like tested out all the time or like evolved? Did you make up your own jokes or did you like use other jokes that you found? How was, what kind of a joke? I remember I would get, I would like get joke books. I would like, I remember I would go buy joke books or go to the library and get joke books and memorize like tons of jokes. And then actually my, I had like really funny uncles and cousins. Mm-hmm. And so I remember, like, like holiday family parties was always a time to, like, hear jokes from my uncles and then tell them jokes. And I remember that was always a time, like, a, a time for me when I would, like, get new stuff. Material. And they, would, like, <laughs> they would, like, tell dirty jokes, my uncles and stuff. Oh, and yeah. I remember, like, knowing that I was too young to hear it and be getting excited about that. Right. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Um, and did you have like any family members that were in the the business, the the industry of you know showbiz, or are you kind of like the breakthrough? The the only one was my my dad's dad, so my grandpa, which we called him Papa, and he used to be. I mean, his job was like he like owned a lot of uh, buildings in Chicago and was like kind of a landlord, mm-hmm. but he was also like a Toastmaster. And, like, would host, like, big events. And, like, they would have, like, special days at Wrigley Field, um, like, before Cubs games. And he would be, like, like on the field, like, hosting these events. Wow. Did you ever and go? I never went, no. But uh, my dad has, like, photos of him. And, like, um, uh, my dad, like, has vivid memories. And he would tell me. But then also my papa would, like um, – always like tell these great stories like at the dinner table like um, at thanksgiving and christmas and he would like do different like voices and accents and um would like perform magic tricks a lot and so he was very much like in you know it was like in his blood like performing and showbiz and um but he's the only one in my family who who ever did kind of anything wow and your parents just what what are they what are their jobs or what were uh, my dad up. is a, a soon-to-be-retiring attorney. Good. Good for him. Um, good for him. But he's also, it's its like, uh, he's the only lawyer in this small town, like, outside of the town I grew up in, which is St. Charles. He's mm-hmm. the only lawyer in Hampshire, Illinois. Oh. Um, and so he does, like, a lot of, like, um, estate stuff and, like, closings and, like, stuff with farms and, and that kind of thing. For sure. Um, and then my mom was a third grade teacher, and then now she like um, watches kids out of our house. Oh, cool! That's what my boyfriend's yeah. mom does. That's always fun. Oh, cool! Actually, I was woken up by the kids this morning. So, 
really fun. You're sleeping at your at your boyfriend's, boyfriend's parents' house? house. Yeah, you know, we live in the suburbs with our parents still. <laughs> I don't know. What did you move you back in? Did you uh, Lagrange? Oh yeah, sure. Brookfield, Lyons Township. Heard of it? Sure. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm sure there were some U of Iowa uh, LT kids. I went to U of oh, I, Champaign, cool. so that was my uh, my stomping grounds. Did you ever go to is Cam's? Oh God, there? did I go to Cam's? Yes, I did. Um, like too much, and yeah, they had those blue guy drinks. I don't know if they had those when you were there, but ugh, they knock you out, <laughs> and they're like fifty cents. And then my so, my, did you have a yeah, Cam's I've story? Had a fun nights at Cam's that I barely remember. Oh God, just the smell. I can still remember the smell. It's just like the worst. And you can smell it on your clothes the next day. It's like, oh, I must have gone to Cam's last night. So. <laughs> oh god um so okay moving along then so simpsons what what would you list as number two like maybe moving into your your teenage years adolescence who did you have so, a comedian that you worshipped or yes so and still to this day i think my number one probably of all time is bill murray oh i mean chicago hello right? Bill murray yes um Tell me why, because I mean, there's so many different things to love about him, but what what's the big one for you? I think for me, the overriding thing is kind of his, like, general, like, kind of like mischievous attitude. For sure. <laughs> He's kind of like a, a troublemaker, and I think <laughs> I really, like, uh, gravitated towards that uh, when I was younger and watching him in, like, Ghostbusters and Caddyshack, and I think he's kind of just like a, he's got like that mischievous quality to him that I think is what really like attracted me to him, and still to this day, like, I think that's what I really like about him the most. Totally. Have you met him? I met him once. I was at a celebrity golf outing. Oh my God, awesome. And, and I was like, I was like following alongside his group, which was, he was playing with Justin Timberlake. Shut up. And, and he hit a ball, like, out of bounds, and so it, like, went, like, on the other side of this rope. Uh-huh. And so he's, like, I'm, like, kind of, like, walking along, following him, and all of a sudden he, like, takes a sharp right and, like, goes on the other side of this rope, and all of a sudden he's, like, right in front of me. Uh-huh. And I looked up and was, like, Mr. I, I remember I was, like, so nervous, and, like, my hero was standing in front of me, and I was, like... Um, Mr. Murray, I do. Uh, I perform at Second City, and my name is Chris. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looked at me. I remember, and he goes, "Oh, that's great. Have you seen my ball?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And so that's the only thing that Bill Murray's ever said to me is, "Have you seen my ball?" <laughs> hey, you know. <laughs> At least he said something to you. Right. I think that's a good line, too. Um, have you tried to get him on uh, So You Do Comedy, or is that... I, so, so the only way to get a hold of him now, apparently, is he has, like, a 1-800 number. Oh, my and God. And you call this this 800 number and leave a message. And then he, I guess he or somebody will listen to him, and if it's a project that, like, seems interesting, then he might call you back. Right. Or just go to, like, a like a bachelor party and hope that he comes to your table and like gives a rousing speech. Did you see that YouTube video a couple of years ago? Oh yeah. He does that kind of shit all the time. I know. It's, it's crazy. He's amazing. Um, <laughs> how do you like him in like Wes Anderson movies? Oh, I love him. Love him. 
Yeah. I mean, he's, ugh. I mean, Rushmore and Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, okay. He's just so versatile and so charming, but not like necessarily the most handsome guy in the world, but still I'm in love with him, you know? Like, right. <laughs> I think everybody is. And then the Chicago he has connection. That, he has that twinkle in his eye. Exactly. You know? Totally. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about So You Do Comedy. Um since I mentioned it, why don't you tell me where what what it is? Um, it's a, a monthly interview show. Yes. So where did that come from for you? So um, it started. I actually did um, something like this when I was in Chicago. I like interviewed some people at the Annoyance Theater, mm-hmm. um, and it was like an hour long, just kind of like interview show. Um, and I did. I remember I interviewed Mick Napier, the owner of the Annoyance. Cool. Yeah, and so it was really cool and, like, fun. And so um, when I moved out here to Los Angeles, I um, it was always kind of in the back of my head, like, oh, I would love to, like, to do that again. And I think I have this kind of secret dream that I would love to, like, host a talk show. For sure. Um, and so I was actually – so my manager is a woman named Naomi Odenkirk, mm-hmm. who her husband is Bob Odenkirk. Oh, my God. Crazy. Who, uh, well, I'm sure we'll get to it, but he is also on my list yeah. of influences Definitely. for sure. Um, and so we were over at their house for Thanksgiving um, a couple years ago. And after dinner, we were talking and Bob was talking about like his days in Chicago with like being on stage with Chris Farley at Second City oh and working God. with like um, Del Close, who's like this improv guru guy and um and so we were having this this conversation about it, and and then it like this light bulb went off in my head. I was like, oh my god, we should like have this conversation on stage, and I should like interview Bob like I used to do in Chicago. And so I asked him like, hey, could I interview you at um, you know like a theater in town mm-hmm. and talk about this stuff? And he was like, oh my god, yeah, I would love to. Like I he, he I I've been wanting to kind of like talk to students or like kind of like teachers something like that yeah about comedy and so so Naomi my manager reached out to the UCB and originally it was pitched as just like a one-off like I would do it one time with Bob but then the um the UCB like artistic director was like yeah why don't why doesn't Chris do like three of these and we'll see how it goes and so now it's been like uh, a year and a half and I've done like 15 and it's been like totally great that's awesome. Who have you had? Like, what? Which ones stick out to you? So Bob was great, obviously. Like yeah. he was my first guest, and that was like so great for sure. Um, but then I think my second one might have been my favorite, and it was Fred Willard. Oh my god! Wow. Who, oh my god! Like Waiting for Guffman is like one of my favorite movies yeah. of all time. Oh god! And then like Best in Show, right? All oh, those Christopher Mighty Hill. Wind. Mighty Wind. Oh, He's God. even in Spinal Tap. Yeah, that's right. Um, Damn. Yeah. And so, oh, my God, he has, like, always been. He's be on my list, too, of, of influences, for sure. For sure. What What about him? Why Why is he on the list? I love just, like, he's so, he plays, like, the the stupid American, like, so well. Like, the high-status <laughs> idiot so well. <laughs> that's, that's the perfect way of putting it. Oh, my God. Um, and yeah, I love anybody who can do that. Like, like now, uh, will, I love Will Ferrell so much. And I think he's so great at that too. Just like playing the, the like idiot, yep. 
but the, but who, the person who takes himself very seriously, mm-hmm. but clearly a moron. Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. Oh yeah, or like uh, Steve Carell does that great, obviously. Oh, so the great. Office, um, and and that's kind of a little bit about what your character Chris is on Love, kind of. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about let's talk about your character, where it came from. It wasn't originally like you auditioned for other other spots first. I did, yeah. I auditioned for I think like three different characters. Um, Who? Which ones? I'm obsessed with that show. So, <laughs> Loki. Oh, you you are. Oh, oh my god, yeah. I <laughs> um, love it. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah. Oh my god, it's such a fun job. So I auditioned for um, the craft service guy who is now played by um, Jordan Rock. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So He's... I auditioned for that part, and that's by the way, Chris Rock's younger brother. I know it's crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. There's he's that line him. that he has about like being the the best friend, the black best friend, or whatever. Given yeah. advice, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> he's great. Um, okay, so you didn't get that one. Who else? So I didn't get that one, and then I auditioned to be um, uh, Gillian's original boyfriend, who went to another stand-up comedian named Kyle Kinane. Yeah. So that's like in the pilot episode. Exactly. Yeah, so and then he's kind of gone. Pilot. So you would have not been in the show as much. Right. So good so thing that, that one didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> and then I auditioned to be like the um, the director on that show, Wichita, that one that... Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like Judd's, uh, Judd Apatow's daughter plays this actress on that show, Wichita, and I, pl- and I auditioned to be like the director um, of that show. Yeah, okay, which is now played by... Um... Um, what's his name? I think his name is Seth Morris, I think. Yeah, the dude with the mustache. Yes, okay. yes. And he's super funny. Yeah, he is. So then, so you you had all these auditions. Was that all at one time? You just, like, read for all the different parts? No, separate times. So like, Damn. Like, yeah, it was, like, this drawn-out thing. Like, I would audition for one thing and then, like, not hear anything for a week and then just, like, assume that, you know, nothing's going to happen and then they would call me in for another part and then um, wait another week. And so, yeah, it was like this whole drawn out thing. And then when did they tell you that you were going to play a character named Chris? So that is that on your that, end? That, that beeping, that by beeping. the way. Okay, good. Okay. That means my, my fiance's um, chicken pot pie <laughs> thing is, is done. Is done okay. I'm glad. <laughs> I hope she enjoys it. <laughs> We've been eating out so much that last night we were like, "Okay, starting tomorrow we're gonna cook. We're gonna save money to cook. Right. We're gonna like cook shit and like save money. And so now we've got a crock pot full of like chicken and biscuits or some shit. Oh god! So how long is that gonna last? Do you think? <laughs> oh man! Yeah. So hopefully it'll last for. <laughs> eating out is expensive. Like, dude, we went out to just an Italian dinner last night and the check was like 70 bucks what well that's because you're in la that's because we're in la but we can't you can't do that every no, night not, no no that's right? too much yeah but it's so nice and like it's like a lot of mess to clean up when you do cook i don't know i I cook at home because you know you cook it like every night um yeah most nights um I'm wow. ve- yeah i'm vegetarian so okay it limits what we can you know go eat up but then i yeah hmm. I don't know. Sometimes, don't you hate doing dishes? Dude, yeah. I try to like put on my favorite music or put on a podcast and like make it an exciting thing, but 
Oh, yeah. It doesn't usually work out like that. Oh, my God. Wait, speaking of podcasts, real quick. Um, I know this is meta because you're on a podcast right now. But um, do you have any favorite podcasts? <laughs> do I? Oh, yeah. Well, I fi- finished S-Town. Oh, yeah. Super good. I listened to Pod Save America. Oh, yeah. Good. Get your politics stuff in. Politics fix before the world explodes. Right. Which is, uh, you know, T-minus two days. <laughs> it's fun to just stay up to date with the uh, impending apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, Any comedy podcasts? What, comedy podcasts? I, I mean, I love WTF and... Um, and have been listening to that like since it started. For sure. Um, so that I'll, if 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 Mark Marin has a guest on that I really like, I'll, I'll usually listen to that. How about comedy? How about comedy? Bang bang. You know, I. It's pretty I, out there. It is pretty out there. I'm not as big of a comedy bang bang guy as a lot of people are. Yeah, like Paul Rust. <laughs> like Paul Rust. Yeah. Like. I don't know. Sometimes I listen to it and I just don't know what the hell's going on. So yeah, I know. You got, it's kind of like a you got to kind of get into it. But mm-hmm. it's a long they're long episodes. Okay, well, I have a podcast recommendation for you. It's called My Dad Wrote a Porno. <laughs> have you heard of it? No, but I love it already. Dude. Okay, so basically to set the scene, it's three English people, so fuck yeah, they're hilarious. They're just like super dry, you know, comedy. And this guy finds out that his dad wrote uh, and self-published on Amazon an e-erotic novel um, called Belinda Blinked, um, and he was like, so the, the Wait, son was like, re- "This is real. This, this is real. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah." Um, so the son, which is what makes it amazing. So the son is like, "Oh my god, you know what am I gonna do?" Um, and instead of like wallowing in shame and embarrassment, he decided to start a podcast where he narrates the book. So he reads the book chapter by chapter and his two friends come on and they commentate and it's just the best oh my god i'll email you a link so that you can listen oh to my it. god please it's, do that it's amazing great. and it'll help you procrastinate further <laughs> <laughs> um okay cool so sorry back to chris on love where so did they say like hey we really like you but none of those worked out so let's make a character for you or was it less direct than that yeah so i think that they like had um they wanted like the main guy Gus to have a best friend, um, but they didn't know like what that character would be. And so I think then what ended up happening was they like wrote like they wrote a character for me and just named it named the character Chris just so it would be easy for me because <laughs> <laughs> I get I get very confused on. Stuff. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then they so they and, just so then, yeah then then one day I got a call like saying like you're not right for any of the parts you auditioned for so they're going to write you a character and it was like holy shit this is amazing and yeah, was that your reaction or did you like freak did you freak out did you were you calm cool and collected i don't even know how i would react in that situation. i like couldn't believe it like i didn't i didn't think it was like true like i was like wait what yeah and and then um they were like yeah they're writing a character for you and um you're gonna be playing like gus's best buddy and um, they want you to, like, come into the writer's room and, like, they're going to interview you so they can, like, mine, mine material from my actual life. Nice. How was that? Yeah. What, what was that oh, like? God. So cool. It's, like, it's kind of, like, vulnerable. Like, they, they, I would, like, go into the writer's room. I did this, like, a couple times, and they would interview me about, like, my, like, whole 
life, like my love life and like my, you know, stuff with my family and like stuff with like, <laughs> just like very Jeez. personal stuff. Yeah. And then like some of it would like make, make its way into scripts and it was like, holy shit. This like, is like, like what? <laughs> <laughs> Unless you don't uh, want to divulge it. Um, like what? Let's see here. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, no, I don't want to say that. Oh, well, like, so I, I worked at, when I lived in Chicago, I worked at Mike Ditka's Steakhouse. Classic. Like Mike Ditka's restaurant. Oh, God, the one, which one? <laughs> the one that is on Chestnut, like in, um, like the Gold Coast. Yep. <laughs> oh, God. Are you like a waiter? I was, a, I was, I started as the only male host. Oh God! <laughs> I worked my way. <laughs> I worked my way up to Mater D. Oh, like look fancy, at you! Fancy host, and yeah. then I became a server, and I was one of the worst servers, I think, in the ever that they've ever had. Well, you know, better to be a bad server and a good actor than the other way around, right? So then they wrote that into your character. Yes, and so then, so my character is a steakhouse waiter. Oh my god, that's right! Wow, and and an aspiring stuntman. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! I was actually a really bad hostess. Also, I worked at an Indian restaurant in Lagrange, um, and I mean, I was terrible because I was like interning at WGN actually during the day, and they weren't paying me. So then I would get off the train, you know, BNSF Metra, and I'd put on my waiter's apron and I'd go, well, not even wait. I was, I was a host. I hated it. I don't know. It's like, oh, it's like so everybody's mad at you all the time. All the time. Like I would just constantly begin yelled at. Yes, by the waiters for not like giving you good tables, like, and then by and then by the boss, and yeah, no, it's it's rough. Oh my god! It's the like I will still have uh, waiter nightmares where like <laughs> no way where like I get like sat like with four tables at the same time and it's like these big parties oh. and like everybody's asking for different things and Jeez. like I I I will say like I always say to my fiance being in the weeds as a waiter is like the most stressful thing on earth. Oh, for sure. Oh god. It is, so it's like a nightmare. Yeah, it is. Um, did you ever meet Dick Duck? Oh my God! Like every night. Really? He was there like every night, and it was what, part of my job was to make sure that people did not ask for autographs while he was eating. Oh, geez, that's like an entire job. I feel like that would just be constant. It was. I was like running defense, <laughs> like <what? laughs> because he would sign autographs like all night long, right? Unless he, he was eating, unless he had like food in front of him, yeah. And then if people bothered him, he would like freak out. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> wow, that's a fun, not fun job. That's funny though. See, looking back, aren't you like, well, character building? Oh my god, big time! Like, I look back on it as like oh what a like horrible t- time in my life but also <laughs> great a great time <laughs> right exactly um cool okay love it so that's part of your character um and and you've become like a like a full-time cast member now right is this season three or first yeah so we just we just wrapped shooting season three which is going to be great okay good and um yes yeah, so for the um 
for the first two seasons, I was a uh, a recurring guest star, mm-hmm. which like that's one thing I've learned out here in LA. There's like this hierarchy of like you know different like statuses on on shows, and so there's like host star and then guest star and then recurring guest star and then series regular. Okay. And so, yeah, for season three, I got promoted to series regular, which is like a a very nice, like, you know, Some job security. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. For yeah. sure. Chris wasn't just going to mysteriously move back to Chicago or anything. Right. Yeah. Right. Or, or like jump off a bridge. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Although he's a stuntman, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, okay, cool. So let's get back to the influences. I don't know. We were maybe on number four. Um, did you want to talk about Bob? Odenkirk? Yeah, so uh, um, who did I, I list? So you said list Simpsons, Bill? Bill Murray, oh, and then um, Fred. Fred Willard. Willard, and then, yeah, okay, so then this is four. Four, so, so Bob, yeah, so Bob Odenkirk is like one of my comedy heroes, and when I was in college, I discovered um, Mr. Show, which is this show that he did with David Cross. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was too young, like, to appreciate it when it came out. But then, like, they um, put it out on DVD. And so I, like, got the DVDs when I was in college and, like, became obsessed. And um, that's actually when that show kind of got, like, a developed a cult following was, like, from the DVD release. For sure. And um, so anyway, Bob is just, like, like so funny and silly and... Um, really like smart in his writing but like really goofy and so anyway he was like a big influence on me like during during my formative years like in college and stuff yeah and how did you end up with his wife as your manager so she um came she used to come to chicago and still does actually like once a year to like scout talent Mm -hmm. um and so i think she maybe saw me at the um uh, when just, the Just for Laughs Festival used to be in Chicago, I did like a solo showcase or something. Uh huh. And so I think she saw me in that. And then um, I also used to like fly out to LA to like to do shows every once in a while. And she saw me do a show at the Comedy Central stage in LA. Oh wow! And so then she like came backstage one day and like introduced herself and and then signed me. And I've been with her now for like close to probably like maybe close to 10 years dang so one of your influences wife is like your manager so so crazy when she first (laughs) when i first met her she she, i remember she came backstage and was like hi i'm i'm naomi odenkirk and i remember thinking like oh my god my one of my comedy heroes last name is odenkirk (laughs) (laughs) maybe you've heard of him (laughs) and thought it was just a coincidence yeah i quickly learned that oh no that's uh, her husband. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. And how has it been to work with her? And, and have you, I mean, you said you were at their place for Thanksgiving. How, how has that kind of relationship developed from like a work to a friend thing? Yeah. So she's like, um, she's really great and um, manages a lot of people. Like she, she, um, she used to manage Kristen Wiig and Bill Hader and um, uh, her husband and, um, Jenna Fisher from The Office cool. and um, some other Chicago people like uh, Tim Robinson and 
Katie Rich. And so anyway, she like has this great comedy roster. Um, but she's very like supportive and like comes to all your shows and go out to eat and, and she invites you over to parties and da 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 da. So it has like become this great kind of like friendship. And I really look at her as like a mentor. Totally. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Um, rounding it off. Number five. What do you think? Wow. So I said, okay, so Simpsons, Bill Murray, Bob Odenkirk, Fred Willard. So, okay. So number five has to be drum roll. Okay. David, David Letterman. Oh, good one. Talk yeah. to me about that. So growing up would also stay up late and watch um, David Letterman when he uh, had his show on, even back on NBC. Yeah. Um, I remember like staying up and watching it. And then he would have like these, uh, I remember there were these books that you could buy, which were like top, David Letterman top 10 list books. Mm-hmm. And um, I always loved his kind of silly sense of humor and how he kind of also like was, <laughs> he reminded me of my dad. Like he was kind of just like a all American dude who like um, was like quirky and like wouldn't hide it if he was in a bad mood and was kind of a little bit of a dick sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I it think works. I really, yeah. Yeah. Endearing. So, uh, Endearing, exactly. So I would, um, and irreverent, that's the other word I was looking for. For sure. Totally. Um, and so even like in his, his later years when, um, I, I remember a lot of people were kind of like, oh, I can't watch Dave anymore. He's kind of like cranky. He's like a cranky old man. Mm-hmm. I always loved it and thought like he was like a breath of fresh air and wasn't like kind of like, wouldn't like um do the kind of stupid shit that jay leno would do yeah (laughs) like trying to appeal to the middle of the country he was kind of like this is who i am take or leave it and i love that totally um and do you think that has anything to do with why you want to be a talk show host maybe someday eventually i think so for sure yeah Yeah, i think that that, uh like he i just saw he's gonna he's gonna have his own show on netflix coming out oh cool yeah it was, it was just announced like yesterday and so he's gonna have a new interview show on netflix and i assume that it's gonna be him like interviewing people like his friends and stuff yeah i remember i remember hearing him one time say like he would love his show um if he could just interview like people he really thought were interesting as opposed to like phony hollywood people right yeah totally and so I, I, I'm assuming that's what this show is going to be, and I like am so excited. Totally. Well, hey, maybe you can interview him about his new show. Oh my God, that would be the dream. The dream. Him and Bill Murray. I think it'll and happen. Bill, right. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pitching this show now to maybe be like a TV show. Like I made like a, a little like sizzle reel thing, and I'm trying to kind of shop it around right now. Totally. Have uh, you talked to Netflix about it, or is that even a thing that you do? I don't know how this works. I, I haven't, but they're on the list. So I there's this production company that's interested in like helping me with it. So mm-hmm. um, so hopefully, eventually we will maybe like pitch it to them. Totally. Um, so right now it's it's a live show. Are you going to make it into a podcast in the meantime, or do you have like the recordings? Oh. 
Yeah, so I have them all recorded um, on audio, mm-hmm. and so I, I am kind of like right now deciding whether or not I want to like release the audio and have it be a podcast or try to just like pitch it as like a TV show. Right. And just kind of like start it with that and then maybe actually ask the, the guests that I've had already if they would like come back. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. I mean, you've had yeah. a good amount and big name, so... It's 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 just a great it's a great idea for a show because there's so many young people in that that want to be in that world. So to see them like watch their heroes be interviewed about when they were that age, I don't know. I think it's awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's kind of my angle. Is like I'm kind of like uh, an up and coming guy, like, and I get to like sit down with my heroes and like pick their brain or whatever. Totally, absolutely. Um, well, all right, and then there it is. The makings of Chris Wataski. Oh my God, that's it! I did five already. You did five, yeah. I know. I mean, it's and that's the funny thing about this show is like, could just keep going and going and going. Well, let's let's go really quick. What's your favorite band? So my. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite band. You will either go, oh yeah, I love them, or you'll roll your eyes. But okay. my favorite band is Fish. Oh, yeah. My dad's really into them. Your dad is into fish? Yeah, my dad's like a cool dad, though. He's like a musician and stuff, too. So he he always goes, he saw them at Wrigley, and <laughs> he went to the Dead show recently. Um, that's awesome. Are you like a, like a cereal fish guy? Like, have you seen them like 60 times? I have. I've seen them like almost exactly 60 times. That's... Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow! Uh, yes, I I saw I first saw them I think in 1997, and then I have seen them like every year since multiple times. Yeah, and like it, like followed them around like for summers and yeah. <laughs> Classic yeah. up in like Alpine Valley, and did you see them at Red Rocks ever? Oh yeah, all that. Like uh, the, there was a place in Tinley Park called the World that mm-hmm. was my first concert was, and then Alpine Valley, Deer Creek in Indiana. Oh yeah. Wow. I've seen them like I've seen them at Madison Square Garden and I've seen them in LA and yeah, all over the place. That's awesome. So jammy kind of goes on forever but like great vibes and yeah, I mean they're awesome. I I I respect that for sure. Um I just saw Tedeschi Trucks. Have you listened to them much? Oh yeah, yeah. Another jammy. I saw them at Red Rocks, which is why I brought that up. Oh, that's which, awesome. Oh, my yeah, God. There are trucks, right? He's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Susan Tedeschi, his wife, um, she sings. Oh, it was it was super cool. Um, but I've yet to see Fish, so I've got to talk to my dad about that one. Got to see him next time they're in Chicago. <laughs> oh, my God. You totally should. It's like uh, seeing them live is like a totally different experience than like just listening to their stuff. How so? Oh, my. It's the energy. I mean, it's like they kind of picked up where the Grateful Dead left off and it's just like the the fan base is like so dedicated and like they play a they play different show every night and um it's very like the energy is just very fun yeah totally awesome um cool uh yeah I mean that's all I got I want to keep talking but well okay what just give me a little preview for love season three what you don't have to tell me any plot points but What's what's Chris got going on? <laughs> well, Love Season 3 is going to be really fun and funny. Like, I think it's going to be maybe the funniest season yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some really funny stuff. And my character is definitely getting kind of like, 
pumped up and I'm kind of getting my own storyline, which is really fun. Yes, that's great. And um, and there's uh, some, yeah, I, know, I can't give anything. No, I know. I don't want you to. I mean, I want you to. <laughs> I just want to watch it. Um, but I've got to wait like six months, so. Um, it's just, I can tell you it's going to be really fun and funny and I can't wait for it to come out. Awesome. Well, thank you. Which I think will be February. February, yeah. Should be. Um, my boyfriend and I had a bet on the last season. Like when the episode started, we were like, all right, are Gus and Mickey going to be together at the end of this episode? Whew. It's a hard one to watch. I know, right? I feel like oh, I know those people. Like, or, you know, those characters. They're just, I mean, it's just so well written. It, they're just so believable. Right? No, it's, when, it's one of those things where you're watching it and like, one of the characters will like do something awful, but you can kind of relate to it. Exactly. Like, oh my God. like yeah, I've done that. <laughs> I don't want to admit it for sure. Um, yeah. Well, thank so you. What do you where, are you? What, do, what is this show that you do? So are you, you're at WGN right yeah, now? Yeah. So I'm at, yep. I'm at WGN. I'm on the seventh floor. Um, have you been here to the studio? Is it the one down by the river? So yeah, down on, in Tribune Tower. Um, yes. Yeah. You were on Justin Kaufman's show, right? I was, but it was also a phone. A phoner. Okay. Well, we'll have to yeah. definitely get in touch with me when you're in town next, um, and we can get you on whatever show uh, you know, you're know you around for, because it's, it's a fun experience to be down in that in that showcase studio. Um, but yeah, so I'm a, I'm a producer here. I'm, I'm 23, so I'm, you know, starting out. Um, and I, Good for you. Thanks. You know, I, I produce three shows um, on the weekends. It's one of them is like a startup showcase. So it's all about Chicago startups, which there's a lot, a lot, a lot going on in the startup community here. Um, and then one of them is called On the Road. And that's like a road trip car show, a lot of racing and NASCAR. But I try to spin it as like travel. Um, <laughs> so that's a constant you know, debate. I, I actually got I've gotten a couple bands on to talk about like their road trip um, experiences and, and uh, yeah, it's fun. And then Rick Kogan, um, do you know who he is? He's like a oh yeah, Rick, dude, Rick, yes, dude. I'm his producer, and he's like my grandpa, and we're very good That's friends. So great, he is such a great Chicagoan. He is. Oh my god, yes, and and he voice, that yeah. voice, yes, dude. Okay, well, whenever you're in Chicago next, if you're here on a Sunday, you've got a spot on his show. Oh my God, I would love it. So yeah. He's such a cool guy. He he's is. The, the second city used to do something with the Tribune or something. Yes. And host it. Yeah. That's right. I did, uh, I did it a couple times. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a radio, it was a WGN thing too, I think. He's talked about that several times. Um, I bet that was yeah. super fun. Yeah, I mean, and just, it's it's funny because I started this podcast, you know, a couple months ago, and um, I, I happened to record my first episode the same day I was going to start as Rick's producer. So he interviewed me on the show that night because it was my, you know, he wanted to interview the new producer. And he was like, what else do you do? I was like, well, I'm just about to start a podcast about people's influences. He was like, okay, great. I want to hear next. I want to play episode one next week on the show. So then I was like, okay, so I actually have to do this. And so he did, he aired it. um, Yeah. For me on the, on the show the next week. And then since then it's been kind of like a companion piece. So we might be playing a little bit of this on the show this weekend. I'll let you know if we do. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, talk about a, a radio legend. Wow, what a great like mentor I'm sure to have. Oh my god, yeah, dude, he's he's amazing. He'll like bring me out to dinner um, 
(laughs) Bandera, you know, that fancy place on Michigan. Oh, yeah. And and they'll like know his order. And he's just like classic. Like he's he's just like the sweetest. Um, He's always at Billy Goat. So whenever I'm there, he's like there and paying for my dinner. And yeah, he's the best. Um, Oh, my God. He was was like friends with like Studs Terkel and like Mike Royko. Oh, yeah. Ebert, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. All those guys. So, yeah, that's my job. Um, I also just got hired to be a traffic reporter. uh, So get a little more. Behind the mic time. I know it's funny. You do it all. You're a renaissance. Yeah, well, you know. I also teach spin classes if we're talking about all the different things I do. Teach spin too? Yeah, dude. Um, Holy shit. <laughs> please. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. And I'm, and then I'm taking the Second City classes, which is, you know, amazing and exciting. Um, Terrence Brown is my teacher. I don't know if you know. Uh, I don't, but okay. Um, but yeah, so. They're starting this web series class, which, you know, I'm like, how much more money am I going to sink into this thing? But um, I I really love the energy there. And I don't know. Might as well just come out with this is like they actually will produce um, like web web series. Uh, so it's a 16 week class. Um, oh, wow. In the film school or whatever. Um, but, yeah, the show I'm writing is just about my life moving back in with my parents after uh living abroad and college and stuff because I feel like there's not enough shows in the suburbs but then of course Tim Baltz went and made Shrink um have you watched that oh yeah 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 so good um but you know my uh, my uh fiance started a a show as a web series and now it's a tv show really oh what is it teachers is that yes teachers okay I need to check that out I saw I saw something about that when I was researching you what's that what's the premise it's uh it's a show on tv land and it's like you uh follow these like six elementary school teachers who all like have kind of like fucked up personal lives and it's like very silly and funny and they like bring their outside lives into the classroom it's it's like uh very like uh silly that sounds awesome i'm gonna have to check that out and it was a web series so there's hope right it started as a web series, and now they're they're making the third season of their freaking TV show. It's wow! Awesome. Look at both of you on season three. Right, right? we're a Hollywood power couple. <laughs> you are. I'm so excited <laughs> to see where it goes. No, <laughs> so I'll be able to say, I interviewed him before yeah, he was on right. the Tonight Show. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was cooking chicken pot pie in a crock pot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Thank you so much for joining me, Chris. It's been a true pleasure. Um, Best of luck and enjoy your dinner. The pleasure is all mine, and thank you for having me. Thank you. Have a great night. Okay, bye, you too. Bye.